ladies and gentlemen. This is America's Healthcare Advocate. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Your guide to protecting your personal health. Bringing you simplified answers to the complex questions surrounding healthcare. Everything from cancer to liver transplants. Nutrition. Exercise. My yoga and Pilates instructor, Dana Goodale. Mental health and even pet care. Dr. Wayne Hunthausen, Westwood Animal Hospital. Empowering you to take control of your health and wellness. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. And now, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Our producer today, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. We are now up to 153 stations. We just added KGNC, ANFM. Amarillo's Country, uh, 710 AM and 97.9 FM in Amarillo, Texas. We want to thank Juanita Davis and all the folks over at Radio America, one of our syndicators. They do a wonderful job. And we want to thank the folks in Amarillo. Uh, We're happy to be on the air there and have you join our family here on America's Healthcare Advocate. So once again, we thank the good folks at KGNC AM and FM, 710 AM, 97.9 FM. We are now at 153 affiliates, thanks to all of you in our listening audience. Well, today is the day I'm going to do the third in my series on Medicare for All. Now, you know, it's important to understand what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to lay out the case so you can make a decision um, in this next election, because this is going to be, in my opinion, probably the number one issue or number two issue in the election. Um, what are we going to do with the health care system? Uh, we have one side, uh, the Democrat side, that wants to roll this all up and make it a government-run system under the theme of Medicare for all. However, um, it's not what we know as Medicare today. That will go away uh, for those of us that are chronologically challenged. Your Part A, Part B, Part D, um, your private uh, uh, Medigap or, or Medicare Advantage plan, that will all disappear if this uh, becomes the, the law of the land, and, and this becomes new public policy where um, Medicare for all, in other words, um, a single-payer health insurance system, which is what it really is. So as many of you know, this broadcast originates out of Kansas City, Missouri at our flagship station here at Intercom, uh, KMBZ, AM, and FM. So, you know, we're, we're what I think a lot of people, first of all, you know, this is called flyover country, if you will. And folks here are considered to be somewhat conservative. Uh, Midwesterners certainly um, don't share a lot of the views that we see in California or New York or Massachusetts or Vermont. But on last Sunday in, in our newspaper here in this, in, in this town, um, there was a full three-page article on Medicare for All. And I thought, you know, when I read this, it made me think, wow, you know, I know this is an issue. I know it's being talked about a lot. But I'm not sure the public really understands how serious uh, the Democrats are about making this a reality. Um, And and what what does it really mean? 
So I'm going to, on today's show, I'm going to give you some different excerpts out of different papers. Um, The New York Times, which I read, uh, the Wall Street Journal, which I read, um, and, uh, uh, um, um, you know, the Kansas City Star here, especially as it refers to this one article. But I want to use this to kind of set the stage for where we're at in this discussion. So this is out of the May 5th edition uh, of the Kansas City Star, and it's called Medicare for America. And it, it starts off by talking about a February poll that CNN did, said 54% of Americans, when asked, supported uh, a national health insurance program, even if it meant paying higher taxes, compared with 41% who opposed it. Now, they don't lay out anywhere in this article, and I will talk about that as we get further into the broadcast, what those taxes are going to look like. Uh, in fact, there's actually a CBO estimate now, uh, Congressional Budget Office. The Democrats have asked the CBO to mock up what this would cost and what it's going to look like. And I'll get into that a little later in the show. But there are some, there are estimates out there. They're pretty close to what I've used before. Um, they range from $23 trillion to $32 trillion over a 10-year period. 32 being the number that appears to be more accurate and kind of a consensus number about what it's going to cost. So let's let's go back to this. So 54% said they were for a national health care system, even if it meant higher taxes. Now, like I said, they didn't tell them what that meant in terms of higher taxes, just that it would be higher taxes. However, the support drops to 40% if it meant completely replacing private health insurance. Now the opposition rose to 54%. Well, let's be clear here, okay? They fully intend to, if you look at Bernie Sanders' website, if you look at um, uh, Representative Parmaya Japal, Jayapal, it's an Indian name and I'm not good with these and I apologize for that. He is a Democrat out of Washington. Um, He is the sponsor of the Medicare for All bill. Um, And and he... uh, along with all the prominent Democrats, okay, believe that this is the way that we should go. And, and, and very clear, what, if you recall what Bernie Sanders said on the town hall he did on Fox uh, when he was asked, I think, by Brett Baer, does that mean we would get rid of private health insurance? And, and, and I think Baer actually used Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And he said, yeah, they could stick around to do um, uh, uh, cosmetic surgery, Botox and that kind of thing. But, but, but they're, they're not going to be around anymore. We're going to eliminate private health insurance. So, when, so people are for it, supposedly, okay, until they find out their private health insurance is going to go away. And 165 million Americans are on employer-sponsored health care plans most of whom are very happy with what they have. They like what they have. They like their doctors. They like their choices, et cetera. So this plan clearly will get rid of that, all right? And that's the way that it's going to work. So what they want to do here, and the universal coverage program, so the way that Democrats want to do this is they want to expand Medicare to cover the entire U.S. population. I'm reading again out of the article. Add new dental and vision coverage. Now, they just added this piece. This was not in the original estimate. So now they're going to take over dental, they're going to take over vision, um, and they're going to take over medical services. I have to do a quick aside here. Have you ever looked at Europeans in terms of their dental work and what it looks like? You're, do you ever, you ever notice? I mean, I don't, you, know, you really, you know, you, you look at people in Great Britain or in France uh, or, or, or some of the other places in Europe and where they have national dental programs, what do you think? 
You ever notice they don't look all that great? Well, anyway, I just had to put that out there. But having said that, now they're going to expand this to take over um, uh, medical, dental, and vision. That's all part of this. And so uh, Representative Jayapal goes on to say, Republicans would like you to believe that Medicare for All will take away health care that you have. She said, what they don't point out is it would actually give you more choice uh, those, but than those who are covered by their employers now, and you would have more choice and less cost. And the thing that they that would be cut out is the insurance companies. I don't know anybody that really loves dealing with insurance companies. I'll give her that. Uh, I don't think there are a lot of people that actually enjoy dealing with insurance companies. Let me ask this question. Let me let me let me reverse that thought process and ask this question. How many of you like dealing with government agencies? You ever had to deal with the IRS? You ever had to deal with Medicare? Have you ever had to deal with, uh, uh, you know, uh, Social Security uh, or any other U.S. bureaucracy? You know, if, if you're in business um, and you run a manufacturing facility, you ever had to deal with the EPA? If you're in business, you ever had to deal with the Department of Labor? You know, let's let's be clear here, okay? What, what we're talking about doing is, uh, while you may not love dealing with insurance companies, I don't think you're going to love dealing with government-sponsored health care from the standpoint of bureaucrats telling you um, where you can have care, who's going to provide that care, and what you're going to get. And I, I'm going to get into some of the other uh, uh, pieces that are going to be affected by this. So I'm going to talk about you know, how does this affect pharmacy? How does this affect new drugs coming on the market? How does this affect new surgical procedures? All these kinds of things. I'll talk about all of that. But the whole idea behind this show today is to frame the issue so you understand what's at stake here, because I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, this is not going away. Okay, it's gaining momentum. I was surprised. I really was very surprised. We have a newly elected Democrat over on the Kansas side, Sharice Davis, um, and she's in a real pickle right now because she will not come out and endorse this uh, unequivocally. And so she's catching a lot of heat and they're putting a lot of pressure on her. And that's going to continue as we get closer to 2020. So when I come back, uh, we'll go into the second part of my show on Medicare for All. As I said, this is the third in our series. And I'm trying to explain to you what this is going to look like and what it's going to cost. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HI radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at America's Healthcare Advocate or my name, Carrie, C-A-R-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L. So either one of those ways you want to follow me on Facebook, these shows are posted up there uh, on podcasts or on SoundCloud, TuneIn. Um, and iTunes radio. So if you want to tell somebody about it or you think it might be of interest to somebody, you can go up there and listen to it again. Once again, I want to welcome our newest affiliate, bringing us up to 153 stations, KGNC AM and FM uh, in Amarillo, Texas, Amarillo's country. 
uh, we're on a country music station there. How do you like that? That's not the first one, by the way, that we're on this country music station, but it's nice to hear that. 710 AM and 979 FM. We're on both signals and very happy to be on that station and want to thank them for giving us that opportunity. All right, so I'm continuing with this discussion on Medicare for All. And I'm trying to give you a clear understanding of what this is going to look like. So I'm going to recap what I said a little quickly here. It will eliminate employer-sponsored health care. Bernie Sanders said that. Uh, Ms. J. Paul says that. Um, uh, it's going to eliminate um, uh, private health insurance completely. That, that's, that's what they want to do, and that's the way that it's going to work. Um, and if this becomes a law then there'll be no more private health insurance. So who are the people that are supporting this now um, that are running uh, for president? Well, you have Kamala Harris, you have Cory Booker, Beto O'Rourke, obviously Bernie Sanders, who's the author of this thing, Elizabeth Warren, and then you've got some outliers like Gavin Newsom in California who said he's going to implement a single-payer system in California, not just to cover uh, residents, people that are uh, legal residents of the state of California. He's also going to cover um, illegal aliens, undocumented workers, whatever term you like to use. Um, he's going to cover all of them as well underneath that plan. So that gets us to who gets to pay for this, okay? Because it's going to cost money, people. Um, and and this any of this nonsense about tax the rich and, and that's going to cover the cost of this is just that, it's nonsense, all right? You, you can't tax the rich enough to pay for this system. Um, and, and, and I think I, I, I think anybody that wants to have a clear discussion about this and, and really be honest about it, and, and this is where, uh, you know, politicians that are putting this out there uh, need to be held accountable for how this is, what's this going to cost and who's going to pay for it. We'll get into the choices and, 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 and what you're going to be allowed to do and not allowed to do and all that later, but let's just talk about what it's going to cost now. So George Mason University and Emory University, the Maricost Center at, at both of these schools, um, Kenneth Thorpe uh, calculated the 10-year price tag at $32.6 trillion um, uh, and, and $24 trillion, respectively. All right, so $32.6 trillion um, over the period of 10 years. We're looking at that. that, That's what they're saying roughly it's going to cost. That's about $3 trillion a year. Well, here's something you might want to think about. We're $21 trillion in debt right now. That's what I said, $21 trillion in debt. Now we're going to stack another $3 trillion a year on top of that okay, over a 10-year period and rack up another $32 trillion, okay? So w- what you hear from Bernie Sanders um, and, and, and from uh, who is the only one that seems to have any numbers attached to his plan, and they don't hold water, okay, and I'm going to go through them here in a minute, but Bernie Sanders basically says that the cost of health care in this country is $6,273 per year per person. That's, that's, that's what he calculates. That's on his website, by the way, if you want to look at it. He says that his plan will only cost $472, saving each person $5,807 a year. Well, what he's not telling you and what these studies, and I'll talk about um, the CBO here in a minute, um, what, what these studies are telling us is that we're going to need a, at least a 10% payroll tax, maybe as high as 15%, uh, according to the Heritage Foundation. We're going to have a VAT tax, value-added tax, like the Europeans have, of approximately 20%, and then another income tax increase at a minimum of 10%. So now you're looking at numbers that are pretty significant. 
Um, and, and, and where is all that going to come from? So let me give you some perspective here. Um, this is out of the Wall Street Journal, and, and it, it, it's called All the Taxes in France. And so the Wall Street Journal says um, they're, they're looking at uh, various, tax, various tax rates around, around Europe. Denmark's 46 percent. Sweden's 44 percent. Germany's 37 percent. Um, and the U.S., 27 percent. So clearly taxes are going to have to go up significantly if we're going to be able to um, support this system. And then you have to ask yourself a question, um, how well is the government going to run this? I mean, where, where are we going to be at uh, in, in terms of, uh, of, of government efficiency when they take over the entire structure of the healthcare system? What's that going to look like? Well, let me give you an example. Uh, according to the Medicare trustees, $60 billion, 10% of the entire Medicare budget, uh, was wasted on 23,400 fake claims that were paid by Medicare. This is a government this is a government accounting office that put these numbers out there and the Medicare I'm not making this up and the Medicare trustees. So here we are with the Medicare system that covers about 60 million people in this country or more like 40 million, excuse me. More 40 million people in this country. They lost 60 billion dollars they cannot account for by paying fake claims for 23,400 people that did not exist, okay? Now we're going to take this huge healthcare system and we're going to shift it over to the federal government and they're going to run it. Well, you might want to think back to the rollout of Obamacare and what that looked like, okay? Um, and, and and do you remember? Do you remember when the first day when Kathleen Sebelius, former governor of the state of Kansas, un- unveiled the website that was going to uh, put... Uh, um, Obamacare out there, the ACA plans out there, well, it crashed and burned because the group out of Canada that designed it didn't do a very good job. And it took weeks, weeks for the thing to get sorted out. And I was right in the middle of this because we had about 3,000 individual clients when I had my insurance agency um, that were on uh, individual health insurance converting over to ACA Obamacare. So it was a nightmare. It was a disaster. Um, It would shut down, blow up, we, 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 people would be lost. Um, it was an absolute mess. So now we're going to take this whole system that we have, 160-some million people, uh, we're going to move them into government-sponsored health care. We're going to collapse Medicare as we know it. There'll be no more Part A, Part B, Part D, Medigap, Medi- uh, uh, Medicare Advantage plans. All that's going to go away, um, and the government's going to run not only medical but now they want to add dental and vision into that, and it's going to add another $32 trillion over a 10-year period to a country that's got $21 trillion in debt. I don't think it's a, a particularly great formula for success. Um, and when I come back after the break, I'm going to get into what's it going to look like in terms of care, because this is the part that I think most people don't have a clear understanding on that is really, really critical in terms of what is it going to look like when you say you want to go see a doctor, when you say you want to go see uh, your asthma doctor, or you want to go see uh, an endocrinologist, or you want to go see an orthopedic surgeon, what's that going to look like? Well, when I come back from the break, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how that's going to be structured, what it looks like in other countries. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. We'll be back with more.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. There are videos up there on this, people. If you want to go up and just look at the videos, there's short clips up there that talk about this. Um, This show will be posted up there. So there's, there's information on the website if you're interested Um, You can also follow me on Facebook at Carrie Hall, C-A-R-Y-H-A-L-L, or America's Healthcare Advocate. Uh, My producer, Darren Wilhite, I'm your host, Carrie Hall. We're going to continue this conversation uh, about Medicare for All. What's it going to look like? You know, what I'm trying to say to all of you out there is take this seriously, because I have news for you. Uh, These people are on a crusade to make this happen. Um, th- th- that article in Kansas City Star last week uh, on Sunday that I read um, was really interesting. How about the grassroots people that voted for Sharice Davis? Now, you know, Johnson County is a Republican county, but she won. OK. And one of the messages she won on was health care. And although she didn't endorse Medicare for all, um, that. that um, this is going to be the mantra for the 2020 election uh, for the Democrats. And, and now, now Uncle Joe hasn't decided yet which way he is going to go. And I'm sure we'll find out uh, what when Joe Biden decides, is he going to endorse Medicare for all or not? Um, uh, we haven't heard that one yet, but I'm sure we will hear it. Uh, but believe me, um, this is going to be in the platform for the Democrats for 2020. And they are laying the groundwork. OK, uh, in fact, they went to CBO. Congressional Budget Office, and they asked them to put together what a single-payer system would look like, okay? And what are they doing here? They're laying the groundwork so they can say, um, we've done the studies. We know what it's going to cost. We can show you how it's going to work, okay? So CBO comes back and says that the transition will include moving 160 million people from employer-sponsored health care coverage to the single-payer world, and they think it would be complicated, that's an understatement, don't you think? Uh, coverage, uh, uh, they said, would be complicated, challenging, and potentially disruptive. Yeah, I think that's being kind. I think it'd be disruptive as hell, all right? And I think you're going to have a lot of angry people um, if they pull this off. But, you know, this is, again, I'm giving you what CBO has to say. Um, the bill would ban, repeat, this is CBO, the bill would ban private coverage uh, that competes with the government uh, health care plan, all right? The point of Medicare for All is to cut the reimbursement rates to Medicare levels, which government can now set so low only because private and commercial reimbursement rates are much higher. Now, you may remember in the second show I did on this, I talked about that, all right? Private health insurance reimburses at about 144% of Medicare, okay? That means Medicare plus, all right? So Medicare does not allow hospitals and doctors to make enough money to keep their doors open by itself. It's the private health insurance paying more, that's that employer-sponsored 160 million people that allow these hospitals and doctors to, to use Medicare, all right? Uh, and, and to accept Medicare and to make it part of what they do. And I, you know, I've, I've, I've told you this before, and I'll reiterate this again. The last time we went through this over ACA, the insurance companies caught hell because they didn't handle this the way they should have, especially on the pre-existing condition issue. And I'm not an apologist for the insurance companies or the industry, but I am going to lay the facts out. Okay, This time, 
and and during during that debate, the hospitals and the doctors all sat on the sidelines and let the politicians throw rocks at the carriers. And to the earlier statement I made, nobody likes dealing with insurance companies. You're right. Okay. Well, guess who's in got a dog in the fight now? Okay, the largest lobbying groups in Washington, D.C., and that would be the American Hospital Association and the pharmaceutical lobbying groups, because now they've got a dog in this fight. And that goes back to what I just told you. If if this system is put in place and we go to the Medicare for all reimbursement level, there are a lot of hospitals close their doors. There are going to be a lot of doctors that either stop practicing or move on to something else um, or open private clinics. Um, it's going to change the landscape dramatically, okay? Which then begs the question, okay, what's going to happen um, to your ability to choose the doctor, the hospital, uh, to to get experimental treatment? Uh, What's that going to look like? Well, um, according to the CBO report, uh, the government would decide who pays for innovative treatment, uh, for, say, lung cancer, who receives it. Uh, CBO walks through some of the ideas and adds, under any pricing approach that discusses below single-payer system, could decide to exclude, listen to me as I'm reading this, to exclude certain drugs or place those drugs on a non-preferred drug list because they are too expensive or because they do not have an additional benefit. Now, let me just stop right there. I have a good friend, okay, uh, she she is dealing with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, may well have lost her life here last year if she hadn't gone to KU Medical Center and got into an experimental drug trial that was hugely expensive, paid for by her insurance company. Okay, she was able to get into this trial. It was thirty or forty thousand uh, dollars over, uh, and it's not over. She's still doing it. Okay, but but it has reversed the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. What do you think's going to happen? I just read you what CBO said. All right, they're going to have to exclude certain classes of drugs. Well, if you want to know how that works, take a look at how it works in in the UK. Take a look how it works in France. Take a look at how it works in in Spain. Portugal, look at, look at those systems and see how it works, okay? It's not unusual in those countries. You, you, you go through the first uh, series of uh, protocols for cancer treatment. You go through the second series of protocols for cancer treatment. There is no third and fourth protocol. That's it, okay? And I've had uh, many people come on this show and talk to me about what it was like to, to have a relative in Spain or have a relative in the UK that got cancer and was told, you know, we're going to give you a really nice bed. We're going to put it in your home. We're going to give you all the morphine you want, but that we're done treating your cancer. Okay. Now, you know, is that a decision you want the federal government making or is that a decision you prefer to be able to make? If that's your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, or your child laying in that bed. Okay. Do you want the government? Well, I'm sorry. You know, the, the single-payer system, they've decided that your, your child, your husband, your wife, your, your father, your mother, well, we're, not, we're, not, we're going to be able to give them that drug. It's too expensive. We can't do it. It's over. Okay? So understand what you're getting into. And, and here's what I'm urging people to do. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, uh, independent, liberal. It doesn't make any difference. Ask the hard questions. Ask the hard questions of the politicians. When they have these townhouses, town meetings rather, uh, town hall meetings, ask the question, 
what do you, wait a minute, how are you going to control cost? Are you going to control cost by limiting the amount of care we get? Because it's unit cost and utilization, people. That's what drives the cost of health care. Unit cost is what does it cost to get that medication or get that experimental surgery or that da Vinci robot that costs over a million dollars but does minimally invasive surgery with 50% less infection rate. Having said that, what's it going to, you know, are, they, are hospitals going to be able to afford that kind of equipment? You, you ask yourself that question. You ask yourself, um, how many of those da Vinci robots exist in the UK? Last time I checked, I think they had one at one hospital in Scotland, okay? And that was a number of years ago, so I don't know. But my point to you is they have to control the cost somehow. And here, these are the same people that just lost $60 billion paying 23,000 false claims for Medicare. And they're going to run an efficient healthcare system for 365 million people. Oh, and by the way, if Mr. Gavin Newsom has his way, we'll include all quote unquote undocumented um, uh, uh, people in this country. So that would be the illegal aliens, okay, will be included under healthcare because that's coming, okay? Trust me. And if you think they're coming here now, <laughs> wait till we tell them we got free healthcare. Huh? You can't build a wall big enough, okay? You, all I'm saying to you is this. Think about the consequences of what this is going to do. What, what is this going to unleash across this country? And, you know, all you soccer moms out there, okay, that, you know, you, you've got your pediatrician. You, you, you like being able uh, – you know, my daughter's in California. Um, I, I, we were out walking in Los Angeles, my daughter and my granddaughter and I, and she was getting a call from her pediatrician. She says, Dad, you know, I just love him. He calls me whenever he gets a lab result or he has this. What do you think is going to happen to that kind of personal level of care? Think about that, okay? Just think about it and think about what it's going to look like. That's what Medicare for All is going to do. It's going to change dramatically the way we receive health care, and it's going to change what you receive for health care. I'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. And I know just what to do. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You know, you can send me, I get questions all the time about all kinds of different things. Um, if you have, I had a gentleman the other day had a horrible dental uh, issue where he had had a bone graft that it literally didn't work. Uh, and I was, he was in Texas and I was able to send him to a couple of specialists in Dallas who are, are both dentists and MDs. So we do have resources to help people. I'm happy to do that. So the website's americashealthcareadvocate.com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook. A lot of people do that. Um, America's Healthcare Advocate. You can like me on there. Hopefully you won't dislike me. Um, maybe some of you will, having said that. Or uh, the other uh, Facebook page, Carrie, C-A-R-Y-H-A-L-L Hall. Okay, so, you know, you would think we would learn, especially people like Bernie Sanders, 
um, from history. But you, you may not remember this, uh, and I don't know if you do or you don't, but um, they had a uh, single-payer system in Vermont. Um, it lasted about le- a little less than a year, okay, and it crashed and burned, all right? Um, and they raised um, taxes 15% uh, on payroll um, and, 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 and uh, the 15% on, on payroll, excuse me, 11.5% on payroll and 9.5% um, on um, income tax. And it still didn't support the 625,000 people in the state uh, and, and allow them uh, to have this program work. So uh, 80% of the voters rejected the same, uh, the, the, the same referendum when it was put on the ballot in Colorado. So this is by no means a slam dunk, okay? For the folks that are on the Democrat side that want to put this in place, but okay, you better take it seriously because they're deadly serious about this, okay, and they fully intend to implement this uh, and drag us kicking and screaming into it um, uh, one way or the other. Now, here, here's another interesting perspective: Ken Thorpe, President Clinton's health advisor, certainly no conservative mascot, if you will, okay, said that in order for the system to work. Uh, he says payroll taxes that increased by 20%, okay, uh, so the 15%, 15 cents a dollar you're paying now would then become 35 cents on the dollar. Uh, there would be a VAT tax of 20% and an additional 10% income tax. So I, I don't think there's any way to run away from the fact that this is going to cost an awful lot of money. Um, and it, it is not this argument about the rich are going to pay for it. You can tax the rich till hell freezes over and you won't create enough money to pay for this. Remember what I told you. Um, we are in debt up to our ears right now. All right, and and it's not getting any better. Uh, and now we're going to add another thirty-seven trillion dollars, or yeah, yeah, thirty-seven trillion dollars on top of this uh, to bring this system into play. Um, and then the good people in the federal government are going to are going to um, or are going to administer health care across this country. Not only health care, now they're going to include dental and vision. So all you dentists out there, um, all you dental technicians. Um, all you folks that work in the dental industry, um, those dental plans are going to go away, um, and you are going to have the pleasure of being reimbursed um, uh, probably what about the Medicaid rates are because I know Medicaid does provide some dental coverage, so that, that's what you're going to be looking for. Some of the other unintended consequences of this that, uh, uh, that, that you know, I've seen in other studies have been done. Bloomberg says that it will cause surging interest rates at the banks. I thought that was interesting. It'll depress private development, uh, and the Fed would move to increase interest rates to slow the rapid inflation rate that would occur after this got put in place. So that's 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 Michael Bloomberg. Okay, he's again, you know, he's certainly uh, not a conservative. Um, and he, he does not think this is going to work. Um, and he says that we're going to have to pay for it. You've got some people that, that very cavalierly and very clearly, uh, 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 Ascasio-Cortez, uh, she says that um, how do we pay for it? We pay for it with taxes. That's what taxes are for. Well, she's right about that. Okay, so I'll give her credit. She's she's got that part right. Um, It's going to be a very interesting discussion, ladies and gentlemen, and and it's something that I think all of you need to understand. Okay, Um, what's going to happen to your medical care? This is going to affect every person in this country. 
everybody is going to be affected by this if this becomes um, the law of the land. If, if the federal government takes over uh, this system, and believe me, okay, this is this isn't something new. All right, this, this has been on the agenda. Uh, call it the socialist agenda, call it the liberal agenda, call it the progressive agenda, call it anything you like, okay? But this has been on the agenda, clear back to to Harry Truman, all right? This has been around for a long time. It's gained a lot of momentum, okay? I'll hearken back to a famous quote of Barney Frank's when ACA was passed. He said, once ACA passes, we have the door cracked open. Now we're going to kick it in. And we're going to take over the healthcare system. Well, that's always been the game plan. But what's happened now is they're not making any bones about it. They're laying it right out there that this is exactly what they're going to do. Um, and, and this is how it's going to look. So while 54% of you think that you'd like to see a government-run healthcare system, uh, like I said, the CNN poll says that that drops to 40% when you find out you're going to lose your employer-sponsored health care. And, and as I read to you from Congressman Jaya Paul um, to Bernie Sanders, to go right down the list, Elizabeth Warren, they want to eliminate, elim- they make no bones about it, they will eliminate private health insurance. Everybody will be on the same system. We'll see about that. We'll see. You know, I, I, I do have to make one comment here. Uh, we'll be interested to see if they carve out a separate system like they did under ACA for, for, for uh, all the folks in Washington. In other words, uh, the senators and the congressmen and all of their staffs. You may not remember this, but President Obama signed an executive order giving them special networks and special treatment um, under ACA so they wouldn't be forced to take the same plan that everybody else under ACA was taking. By the way, quickly on ACA, okay, it works really well for people that are getting a subsidy. For people that aren't getting a subsidy, it's astronomical in price, and they can't afford it. Uh, in many, many cases. So, you know, the ACA could be fixed. There are other ways to solve this problem and provide insurance for everybody out there. Um, But eliminating the whole system and moving us to a government-run system, in my opinion, it'll be administered with the compassion of the IRS and the efficiency of the post office. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate here on the HIA Radio Network. Join us again next week for another show, and I leave you with this thought from Dr. Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, America. Every day.